Welcome to From Ashes to Beauty with John Ortberg. Each day, Monday through Friday, you'll find 10 minutes of relevant spiritual guidance on the kind of people we are becoming. Follow us on YouTube at becomenew.me or receive daily text alerts when a new episode is published by texting the word BECOME to the number 56525. Invite a friend to listen along by sharing this podcast or sharing the link becomenew.me. We're glad you're here. And now, here's John. Well, today we come to a real crossroads, so I'm glad you're here. Luke chapter 14 says, One day Jesus was being followed by large crowds, and he turned to them, and he said, If anyone does not hate their father and mother, their spouse and children, their brothers and sisters, they cannot follow me. Now, you may be thinking, man, if not liking your relatives is a prerequisite, I'm doing way better than I thought. I want to make that my life verse, Luke 14, 26, by the way. Now, obviously, Jesus, who is Mr. Love, love your neighbor as yourself, love God with all your heart, love one another, even love your enemies, is not counseling that you ought to hate, you know, troublesome relatives. In his culture, that was a colorful way of expressing priority. If there's A and B and I got to choose between one, they're in conflict. If I choose A, that's said to love A. And if I don't follow B, that's said to uh, hate B. Jesus is saying, now you have to decide who you will surrender to, who your ultimate allegiance will belong to. Because we will all do that, whether we think about it or not. So today is about the surrendered will. Your will not mine be done. Jesus goes on in that verse to say, whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. And it turns out that the surrender of my life and will to God is actually the way to victory. I wanted you to hear a real life story about that from somebody who's part of our little community. And so here he is, Mike, take it away. Hi, my name's Mike and I'm an alcoholic. I really love this Ashes to Beauty series. And it reminds me how fortunate I was at the age of 25 to have an intervention. My life hadn't turned into a pile of ashes yet, but I knew it could and I believed it would. So I went into treatment willingly, but I wasn't really ready to give up. See, I thought I was too young to be an alcoholic and I thought I was too committed and hardworking to just give up. So I went into treatment thinking, that's how I'll learn to be a social drinker and I'll learn how to control it. And the counselor said to me, he said, you've got it all wrong. You think if you quit, you lose. This is a place you surrender to win. And I totally surrendered. And I know that sounds really easy, but I got to the point where I knew bad things could happen and they were gonna happen because the trend was not my friend. And so that's where I started working the steps and I started working this third step to turn my will and my life over to the care of God. And that worked really well until it didn't. I found out it's a lot easier to be abstinent and just check the box, say, I'm not going to drink anymore because it had moved from my head to my heart that I knew I couldn't do that anymore. But my will and my life and all that control, sometimes I get impatient. I think, God, this isn't happening fast enough. 
and I'd try and wrestle control back. Or at one point I was thinking, this is just too big to give up control. And then I had this epiphany. I kind of said to myself, well, Captain Obvious, who do you think could do a better job leading your life? Your best ideas have you sitting in a treatment center. Maybe the creator of the universe could do a better job. And so I keep working that, realizing God's in control. And when I do, he's in there with me. And I know that through this process of his will, not mine, he can show beauty in my life one day at a time. We surrender to will. If you're just joining us today, I'm gonna to give you the cliff notes on where we have been so far. The first stage of the spiritual life, the journey from ashes to beauty, to God, to life, to resurrection, to Easter. First stage is just recognize, I can't do it. My life is a mess. It's unmanageable. I am powerless over problems in my life, over my sin. Now, the biblical term for this is exile. Exile is what Adam and Eve experienced, what Israel experienced when they discovered that trying to live for their own little kingdom doesn't work. And we are all in exile. And it's painful, but it's not bad because in exile we discover, and this is the second stage, God can. I can trust God with my life. God is able. God has power. And, and that leads then to the third stage. In exile, we discover the sufficiency of God. And then the third stage is having recognized this. Now I turn my life and my will into his care. And the very simple way that this is sometimes expressed, been around for a long time, I can't, he can, I think I'll let him. I can't, he can, I think I'll let him. I will surrender my life and my will to the care of the one who is able to manage. Now I want to say a little bit more about why we do this today and then tomorrow we'll really focus on uh, actually a prayer of surrender. Uh, I want to say a word about why because in our culture this is very, very counterintuitive. When I went to grad school in psychology, the great emphasis was on becoming independent. Carl Jung said you have to individuate yourself. Carl Rogers said you must get in touch with yourself. Murray Bowen said in that family system you must differentiate yourself. Independence often taken to be the characteristic of the mature personality. And Christianity is very different. Jesus is very different. Jesus says it is dependence on God whole dependence on God, surrender, utter abandonment, your will, not mine, be done. That's actually the sign of the mature personality. What's interesting, though, is because we were made to depend on God and not to run on ourselves or our own wisdom, because our will was made to surrender to God, it turns out that surrender actually brings freedom. Surrender, which looks like enslavement, is actually what liberates us. The more I depend on God, the more independent I am in my life. The more I depend on God, the less I have to depend on money for my security. The more I depend on God, the less I have to depend on my attractiveness for my worth. The less I have to depend on your approval for my confidence. The less I have to depend on my children's decisions for my sense of well-being. The less I have to depend on my circumstances for my sense of peace. It turns out that uh, 
the more dependent on God that I am, the more independently I can lead my life, the greater freedom that I have. The will was made to surrender to God, and the surrendered will brings freedom that the unsurrendered will never can. Because the will will ultimately be enslaved by something. There'll be something I want more than anything else. And that's why also a surrendered will can bring you peace that an unsurrendered will will never bring you. Peace, Della says, is the rest of will that comes from a settled assurance about how things will turn out. So I'm no longer enslaved by my need for a particular circumstance. And I know in your life, in your work, with your dream, with your children, with your marriage, it feels like I must have this circumstance. Uh, there's a researcher, Massimini, in at University of Milan, and he was studying paraplegics, people that had lost the use of their limbs. And it was fascinating when those people were asked to name one of the most, uh, uh, one of the worst experiences of their life, it was the loss of their limbs. And when they were asked to name one of the most positive experiences of their life, it was the loss of their limbs. One of them talked about how before his great pride was, he was a terrific dancer, but his life was kind of empty and shallow. And now his primary work was to counsel other paraplegics and let them know their life had a purpose. They should not despair. They should not give up. And his life now had a meaning way better than it ever had before he went through the suffering. We don't know what circumstances will end up working for good. I think about Joseph, terrible things happen. He is sold into slavery by his own brothers and then he is betrayed while he is a slave and ends up being shut up into prison, into the Pharaoh's prison. And it's precisely those experiences that lead him to a position of exaltation and being used by God to save his family and his people and part of redemptive history. And his summary of this with his brothers is what you intended for evil, God has used for good. We never know, only God knows. Surrendered will leads to peace, and then it leads to a sense of purpose. There was a uh, guy named C.T. Studd over 100 years ago, a great athlete, uh, wealthy family, went to Cambridge, got tired of a uh, purposeless uh, roller coaster life, and he surrendered fully to God. And he became a missionary. He actually started a campaign with the acronym DCD. DCD meant don't care a damn for anything but Christ. Now, he would put those initials and his skull and crossbones on jackets, buildings, equipment, everything. It was a little concerning to his fellow missionaries, but it was his way of expressing uh, just one thing. Uh, in fact, he wrote a poem, only one life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. Don't care a damn about anything but Christ. Now, that's not the saying I'm recommending today. Uh, today, it's your will be done. When you're confused, when you're hurt, when you're stressed, when you're angry, when you're uncertain, as you walk through the day, I can't, he can. I think I'll let him. See you tomorrow.